Hi, it's Paul. Stick around after the episode for a brief message. Thanks. Enjoy. 1989, After Humanity. Written and narrated by Paul Inman. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at Paul Inman SC. Chapter 6. Get Help. The smoke was thick, painting the walls black as it rose from the base of the Eiffel Tower replica on the Paris-Las Vegas casino floor. The fire followed its gaseous cousin up the edge of the room, burning everything in its path. Chaos had erupted all around Danny Flores. People were screaming, either looking for loved ones or crying for help. Danny stared up into the smoke and noticed the sky beyond. She tried sitting up again. This time, she was successful. She looked to her left and right, trying to find James. She couldn't tell if he was anywhere nearby, not with all the people hurting through the fractured interior of the building. Danny gave herself a quick check. Right arm, left arm, right leg, left leg, torso, neck, right hand, left hand. Everything seemed to be in good working order. Her head hurt. She reached up, felt a stinging pain, and jerked her hand away, checking for blood. There was none. Probably a burn, she thought. Danny staggered to her feet, pushing her panic away, and was almost knocked to the ground by some lady running by screaming for someone named Jonathan. She coughed and gagged after taking in a lung full of noxious, smoke-filled air. She spun, attempting to get her bearings, feeling totally lost. After a moment, Danny saw what she hoped was the bathroom area far to her right. She must have flipped all the way around because the bathroom was to her left when James walked away. Between the remnants of the restroom and where Danny was standing looked like the beaches of Normandy. Bodies, some living but most dead, were strewn across the carpet and tile. A man, missing half his right leg, lay hyperventilating, holding on to his gnarled stump. Danny stepped around the man. Beyond him was the remnants of another person, someone close to the blast. Their entire chest cavity smashed in from the concussive force. The head was gone entirely. Danny only noticed the remains were female because the tatters of a yellow dress were wrapped around the folded legs. She stepped over the mutilated body and almost fell as her foot landed on something. She squinted through the smoke, bent and saw what looked like a half of a dozen teeth buried in the singed carpet. Danny reflexively jumped away, horrified. She finally succumbed to her panic. James! She shrieked. James Hensley! Where are you? There wasn't a response, at least not one that she heard through the other shouts and cries of anguish. Terror clouded her judgment, and Danny tried to run through the nightmare of bodies and smoke. She lost her balance, falling more than once. The last time, she landed on top of a man who was still alive. His face was burned and melted beyond recognition. Danny jerked away from the man, landing on her back. She could see through the smoke that the Eiffel Tower replica was twisted and bent, listing hard on what was left of its base. That's when the second explosion came from the other side of the structure. The tower shook violently before falling out of Danny's limited view in the direction of the X-shaped hotel. 
Large chunks of casino debris fell about a hundred yards behind her, almost directly where she'd landed after the first explosion, crushing those unfortunate enough to be there. Overhead, the lights flickered on and off as the integrity of the building was tested. She stood, hoping to continue her trek to the wreckage that used to be the restroom area. The flickering from light to dark added another unneeded element to her terror. James! She sobbed as she yelled for her fiancé, desperately adding, Help me! James, where are you? Danny choked on the smoke, doubling over, hacking as her lungs burned. She fell to her knees, her body racked with sobs as despair set in. James! She screamed. James! Her throat cracked and tears smeared her soot-covered cheeks. The lights flickered off, this time remaining that way for thirty seconds or more, leaving the partial remains of the room in darkness. Even with the torn-out section of the building exposing the evening sky, the fire burning, and the emergency lighting, Danny was thrust into the claustrophobic darkness. The screams of the other patrons increased, but Danny turned inward. Her initial panicked outbursts were gone. In the smoky blackness, she felt the floor beneath her with her hands and continued her quest to the remnants of the restrooms. She wouldn't give up on the man who had helped her through the most difficult times of her adult life, not when she was so close to true happiness. The light returned, only creating enough illumination to cast a hazy glow throughout the room, but it was sporadic and unreliable. The smoke was thickening as she crawled over more unmoving dead people. She imagined that she must be close to the initial blast zone. The realization that James might not be alive scratched at the back of her mind. The light was gone again, and Danny heard a groaning off to her far left. James, is that you? Danny called into the darkness, crawling in the direction of the voice. The air was much hotter in this area of the ruins. The fire must be close she thought. She repeated her question into the cloying smoke, waiting for a response, but there was nothing more than groaning. Danny tried to call out again. The smoke clogged her lungs and left her hacking once more. She collapsed to the floor, trying to catch her breath in the oxygen-depleted atmosphere. She lay there, struggling to breathe when the lights brought the haze back into her reality. She closed her burning, watery eyes trying to relieve the stinging brought on by the smoke, when she heard something. Danny? Oh, thank God! The voice came from above her. It was James. Are you hurt? he asked. Danny smiled and twisted her body toward the sound of her fiancé's voice. She could barely make out his face through the smoke, but it was James. He had a bad gash on the top of his head. It was bleeding a lot, but otherwise, he seemed all right. Come on. James helped Danny to her feet. We have to get away from here. The fire is all over this area and spreading fast. He wrapped his right arm around her waist. She noticed, for the first time, that he was nursing his left arm. It was obviously injured. Danny looked around her, seeing the danger in which she'd unknowingly placed herself, and had the briefest thought of the voice she'd heard moaning. James half-dragged Danny away from the ruins of the bathroom closer to the entrance of the casino. They had left hell and were now standing on the precipice. Many people were helping evacuate the injured out of the building and across the street. James, there was someone still there, Danny whispered, 
I heard him close to me. He was alive. Okay. Hey, he called to a passerby. Someone needs help back there. We all need help, man, the guy said as he pushed his way past James and Danny. Get out of my way. Shit, James spat, looking back into the ruins of the Paris Las Vegas hotel and casino. His gaze lingered in the direction for a long time. Danny could see the anguish on his face. She could feel the conflict behind his eyes. After another moment, he spoke. Okay, Danny, get outside. Find somewhere safe. I'll see if I can find this person. He steadied her, letting her take her own weight as he slid his arm from around her waist. Wait, she called out to him as he was turning away. James Hensley turned back to face his fiancée, looking beyond the burn and bruises across her dirty, dust-covered face. I love you. I know. I love you, too. Now go. He turned, vanishing in the smoke, and called out for the unknown person. Danny Flores would not forget this moment. It haunts her constantly. She turned toward the exit, teetered as she crossed the threshold, then called out for anyone to help her. She managed to cross Paris Drive and made it to the replica of the Arc de Triomphe before the building imploded, sending the remains of the roof crashing down onto anyone inside, including James. James! She shouted. No, God, no, James! She started toward the still-burning and crumbling building, but a hand reached out and pulled her back. She fought against the person, desperately trying to get to the man who'd shown her what love truly was. Ma'am, you can't go in there. It's not safe. As it turns out, the person holding her back was one of the first responders, an EMT who happened to be across the street responding to a minor fender bender when the first explosion occurred. I have to find James! Danny screamed. She shouted with so much force that it sent her into a sputtering, coughing fit, doubling her over and adding to the streaks of tears running down her cheeks. The EMT worker guided her to the ground as she hacked, lungs still burning from the smoke inhalation. He spun his sling bag around his shoulders and pulled out a small emergency oxygen tank, placing the plastic mask gingerly over the woman's burned skin. He cranked the valve open, which sent pure oxygen through the tubes directly into Danny's face. Gradually, she regained control of her breathing. She sat on the ground, under the moon shadow of the Arc de Triomphe and the flickering orange glow of the fires with the EMT, and sobbed as she watched Paris, Las Vegas, burn to the ground. Ooh, wow. That's a, a crazy way to end there. Well, I'm glad you stuck around um, for the end of the episode. Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, I just had a little brief thing I wanted to talk with you about. First, I want to say thank you very much, and I really, really hope you're enjoying the podcast. And I actually look forward to hearing some feedback from some of you. If you're not, go ahead and follow us on Facebook at 1989 After Humanity by Paul Inman. And you can follow us on Twitter at TMC Restores. That is the official Twitter account for 1989 After Humanity. Uh, yeah, so thank you so very much for taking your personal time to take a listen to the podcast. Um, some people have asked me about supporting the podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast, I actually set up um, 
a pretty easy way for you to do that. Uh, there's there's this website called Kofi, um, and uh, the link will be in the de- in the description of the podcast if you want to click that. So anyway, Kofi is this uh, neat little website for creators where if you support the creator, every penny that you give goes to the creator. The actual company doesn't take any money. And uh, it's pretty neat. They have a neat little slogan like, uh, buy me a coffee. So if you feel like buying me a coffee in the figurative sense, then I would love for you to uh, do that. Um, it's ko-fi.com slash Paul Inman. That is ko-fi.com slash Paul Inman. I hope you're enjoying. And like I said, leave me some feedback. Thanks, guys. See you next week. You've been listening to 1989 After Humanity, written and narrated by Paul Inman. Follow Aubrey and Drake on Twitter at TMC Restores and follow me at Paul Inman SC. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and anywhere podcasts are available. It really helps. Email 1989afterhumanity at gmail.com with any feedback.